0: You know, there is a difference between sports and politics, sports and actually running a city and the politics of trying to get to run a city. And we'll ask today's guest on the Chicago Way, Chicago Bears great Gary Fensick. Fensick should know he understands finance and he understands sports and sports is still about merit. So the tackle is the tackle, the fumble is the fumble. The politicians recreate reality, and they figure you don't know about budgets and don't understand finance, so they'll fill you with their own gas and create a reality in which they never screw up, and they're so full of gas that when they speak, the donkeys break wind, and you end up paying for it. So Mayor Lori Lightfoot recreates herself, doesn't she? Now in her re-election campaign commercials, she's not some hysterical mayor overwhelmed, unable to handle crime. She's not the mayor of a city where 400,000 residents called 911 last year and the cops didn't show up. In her fantasy world, Lightfoot delivers. She's like the pizza delivery man. And if you've seen those commercials, where she's the delivery man.
1: Hey, did you order thousands of new jobs and a pepperoni?
2: I told you she delivers.
0: 5,000 jobs and pepperoni? Excuse me, in your dreams? And Lori, what about that pepperoni? You forgot the sausage. Mayor Lightfoot... What the, you didn't brag about the size of your sausage? Biggest sausage in Chicago, you said, didn't you? Bigger than the Italians? Didn't you say that, Mayor Lightfoot? Mayor Fallis Maximus? Don't forget how you got here. Don't forget the sausage. Now, sports are different. The last meritocracy, the score is still the score. The fastest runner wins the race. The tackle is the tackle. The touchdown is the touchdown. And like Dennis Green said... Wait, the Bears are what we thought
1: they were. What, what,
0: they're what we thought they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Okay, well, you know who Mayor Phyllis Maximus is. If you want to crown her with the sausage pizza, go ahead. Crown her. Me... I'd rather talk to Gary Fencek. He accomplished something real for Chicago. A Super Bowl championship for the Chicago Bears. He is from the area. He grew up listening to Chicago radio. He's born and raised in Barrington. He knows finance. And I would sure hope his friends have begged him not to run for office here, to stay away from politics, but we'll find out. Fensick was a two-time NFL All-Pro before the NFL suits without souls changed the game, back when defense counted, back when there was something called Bears football. And with the World Cup coming, and okay, I can't help it, Gary would have made a hell of a center back. I would have put him at defensive midfielder, like a free safety, a strong safety. We'll ask him about that, too. Because Jeff Carlin, celebrated goalkeeper of the Palatine Celtic FC, is here as always. Executive producer at WGN Radio, Carlin is the best radio producer in the city and the business, and my friend. And me, I'm John Cass, husband, father, Greek Orthodox Christian, editor-in-chief of your favorite website for common sense, analysis, and opinion, johncassnews.com. Subscribe today. And where are you? With Mayor Sausage pizza lost and confused about delivering in Chicago? She's so confused she even parked in bike lanes for donuts and then got caught and sheepishly apologized. Really? (laughs) And Chicago media allowing her to recreate her own fantasy mind palace out of Chicago's broken dreams? You're here with Gary Fensick, Jeff Carlin, and John Cass in the No Chumbalone Zone on the Chicago Way podcast on WGN Plus.
1: Who is it? It's Little Nero, sir. I have your pizza. Leave it on the doorstep and get the hell out of here. Um, well, what about the money? How much do I owe you? Uh, that'll be eleven eighty, sir. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Look, the, the, the Chicago Way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago Way. The Chicago Way. That's the focus.
2: In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand. Defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. No escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river. Castle. Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun, he sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago Way.
3: Welcome everyone to the Chicago Way. As we said at the beginning of this at the outset, there is the world of fantasy uh, in which you can be Score all the touchdowns you want while you're taking a shower and believe in yourself as you, you know, you're shaving and you're a great athlete. And then the real, called reality, where uh, you have numbers and finance, and the number is the number. And if you don't have enough money to pay the cops, uh, you can't pay them. <laughs> and that's so why I'm so glad that we're our guests today is a is uh Gary Fensick, formerly of the Chicago Bears, two time all pro, who understands both
2: finance and um football. So welcome to the Chicago way, Gary. Ah, thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be on.
1: Yeah, thanks, Gary. Great to have you here. Uh I, this is this is wild to me. I mean I, we do this and we get to talk to some fun people, but you know, you've always been one of my favorites uh, off on the field, and then I've you know followed you. You've done some stuff with WGN in the past, and and been around, and, and we've talked to you on air all the time. So cool to get you on our little Chicago way here today.
2: Yeah, it's been uh, you know a lot of decades of uh, the Tribune, which I gave up on finally a couple of years ago, but because of Dan Me Weaver too. and uh, and the sports guys <laughs> during the football season, I'm going back on. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a shame because uh, a friend of mine said, "Well, why did you decide to get rid of the trib?" And I go, "Well, if you look at the cost, it's pretty expensive, and any local writers are no longer there." John, you got booted years ago, and uh, yeah, and you look and everything's kind of uh, AP or you know stuff you can see on on your own just on the uh, on the internet. But I think the thing that really struck me was the first section. I'm going through it, and half of it were obituaries. And I I understand. You know what? My mom passed away, unfortunately, a year ago. You got to pay all that money for an obit. Yeah. But I like, you know, when your first section is really dead people, maybe it's a reflection on the newspaper itself. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: what they call the that's what they call the uh, either the irish sports pages or the greek sports pages where you when you go you go on you and your mom or dad some old uncle is sitting there looking at oh you know who died and they tell you okay thank you yeah
2: you know okay, it is let's amazing go to the wake now. i have to tell right. you it is amazing though how many people glance through there and you know offhand i'll have someone say hey i'm really sorry i heard your dad or your mom passed away or whatever oh. and it's like wow they they had to look at the obits
3: <laughs> well speaking of uh, speaking about your parents you did grow up in chicago or chicago area right in barrington
2: yeah um, and actually uh, i i spent yeah. my first few well until i was a freshman in high school in Zion, and then we moved to Barrington, which at that time was a, still the same athletic conference. And so I ended up playing against all of my good friends that I grew up with for uh, three years. One of whom is now well, a mayor of Zion. I was definitely a traitor. And one of my good <laughs> friends is now the mayor of Zion, Billy McKinney, who played, uh, you know, with several different teams in the NBA, but played both baseball and basketball at Northwestern.
1: Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah.
3: so, so, so you great. grew up here and you saw, so then you watch the bears. I have to just ask a few, I really want to talk about, you know, what how you see life, but you did see the bears back in the Bobby Douglas days when, uh, Abe Gibbons in that famous, uh, famous, uh, clip is saying Douglas Douglas, and then calling him over with his, just his little hand moving. And I thought you saw all this, the same stuff we saw.
2: Yeah, as all fans. the frustrations. I kind of, I kind of remember yeah. the '63 team though. I mean, you know, it wasn't like you know today where you can just go from channel to channel and watch whatever game you want. In the NFL, mm. it was you know you're watching either probably the Packers or the Bears. And you mentioned Bobby Douglas, so I was drafted originally yeah. by the Miami Dolphins, and in the first couple of weeks, I ruptured my lung and made it to the final cut, and was Mm -hmm. cut on Labor Day, and then the Bears picked me up, which was great. But the reason I ruptured my lung was that we were playing against the New Orleans Saints in a preseason scrimmage down in Florida, and Bobby Douglas was the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm like, Bobby friggin' Douglas, he has one speed, as hard as you can throw the ball. And he completed a short two pass feet to the away tight end. Right. It probably it probably impaled the tight end. I hit the guy, broke a rib, ruptured my lung, and uh, so I tell Bobby, you know, hey, you are responsible for me being with the Chicago Bears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Gary, so we got you here. So speaking of Bears, I mean, uh, it's been an interesting season. We you know we started off with high hopes uh, i think and in and justin fields which i think he's delivered on uh and it looks like this team is is now looking for a defense almost and w- which is a flip in my lifetime uh, really what do you yeah, I think you it's thinking? a flip uh, in
2: everybody yeah. i think everybody i mean i was with dick butkus i was at an autograph signing a couple of months ago with dick butkus dan hampton and doug plank it was uh, great it oh was so gosh. much fun we talked to bs after the autograph session but we're all kind of like, whoa, what's going on? This defense. And this is before they got rid of the two best players on the defensive right. side. And you're just kind of yeah. saying, hey, we all played on some challenging offenses. Uh, but, you know, Doug Buffon, who I played next to for a number of years, would say, hey, you know what? When you play the Chicago Bears, you know you're going to be in a physical game because the defense, even if we don't win, we're going to be hammering it. And you know what? That is just a little different right now. but I think we're also all, as fans, and I'm a season ticket holder, in kind of an awkward position because they aren't officially tanking, but I think longer term, I agree with all the decisions they've made. Really, shorter term, yeah, and but shorter term, and as a fan, and even worse, I think if you're a player, you're hearing, "Hey, we got you know, we're trying to win every game. You're like, "Raquan yeah. Smith gone." Uh, hey, we're trying to win every game. Quinn gone. It's like you're getting this conflicting message uh, when you know that there's a 25% turnover in the NFL every year. So a quarter of you won't be there when we get to where we want to be. Having said that, I, you know, I support the decision and, you know, I really like Roquan. Who didn't? But, you know, you didn't have an agent and it looked like it wasn't going to change in terms of what was going to happen after the season. And truthfully, if you're going to spend your money, and they have a lot of money, fortunately, to spend in the off season, you're not going to spend it on an inside, kind of an inside linebacker in a 4-3 defense. It's just unless, you know, the days of old where you had a tight end as and two wide receivers mm-hmm. and you had Wilbur Marshall on the outside or Lawrence Taylor from the Giants... And those guys were blitzing. Well, today that doesn't happen because the normal set is three, if not four wide receivers. And so your linebackers are both kind of off the ball. And it's almost looking like a a 3-4 linebacker alignment, even though it's a 4-3 defense. And in that sense, man, you don't get as many sacks, uh, as Mm -hmm. many turnovers. And so, yeah, it was painful to see Roquan go, but, you know, I, I get the decision.
3: They've changed the game completely since you played. Um, Mm -hmm. When I see, when I see scores like, you know, 56 to 66 in the playoffs, I'm, uh,
2: I'm surprised completely. Yeah, no, but, but John, you're right. It's, you know, you can't touch the quarterback. I mean, you can't touch the quarterback Mm. and, uh, and they're, you know, they want more points. That's more excitement and everything else. But it's uh, you know so the Bears are an anomaly where they're you know everybody oh they're leading the NFL in rushing. What does that say? They have a terrible record and they're <laughs> leading you know they're leading the NFL. It tells me you don't want to be the leading rusher. You want to be the leading passer. In uh, in a and so you know they'll get there. I mean I think the, you know most fans are probably getting what they said they would be comfortable with, but we're not comfortable with it, and that is. This season was all about the development, the progression of one person fields. And you know what? He's progressing and it's really encouraging and uh, but and the butt part is the rest of the team isn't progressing. And so we have to believe and trust that polls is going to be able to draft and get free agencies and fill these holes as though, You know, it's a diamond dozen. Oh, that will be easy. We'll get a left tackle. No problem. Mm -hmm. And you know what? The number of first round draft choices going back 10 plus years who make it to their second contract in the NFL is 30%. So you do all you have all of these scouts and all of this. Oh, yeah, we we know all this stuff and everything else. And you've got, you know, they're playing kind of a similar type of offense or defense in the college they came from. And only 30% of them make it to the second contract. And so, you know, the Bears, and if you look at, you know, look at the first round draft choices for the Bears the last 10 years. Let's see, we haven't had a pick three of the last four, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, but Roquan, oh, Trubisky, hmm. Leonard Floyd, hmm. <laughs> Kevin White, hmm. Right. How about these? Back, Gabe Karimi, <laughs> <in> 2011, <laughs> right. Shay McClellan. 2012. Yeah. I mean, we haven't done very well. And so, you know, that's really kind of the key. And so you're right. I mean, they're oh, they they kind of think- set
1: to rebuild and it's they're moving forward. And I mean, only 30% of the guys make it to their, you said, second their, their second season? That's a first-round draft choice. Wow. That's not first the team.
2: First round. So everything else has got to be less.
1: Right. Oh my and,
2: and you're like, you know, so it's, you know, it, it's, uh, unfortunately, it's a crapshoot. And you know, so we hope, and you know, I'm not making any constructive or any comments really about the current uh, GM or the scouts or anything else. But remember, oh, yeah. it's another You know, team, yeah. the first year of the previous coach, we were 12 and four, and it was like we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, we're we'll going to the Super Bowl, and then it was like everybody kind of caught up with uh, Matt. And his offense, and it just kind of went downhill from there. So it's a challenge. But I I will say that, you know, I'm excited about what I see. And, you know, the other thing about Justin, I mean, I think the offensive coordinator has done a better job of, you know, using his skills. But it does remind me, you know, that he's running a lot. I'm always Mm -hmm. concerned about him getting hurt as everybody should, because people don't really draft running backs high anymore because mm. they're perishable and they seem to get hurt pretty quickly. And so you've got your quarterback running all over the place. And what really hurts is when you've got those 300 pound bodies all over and there's an awkward fall and they fall in a quarterback and he gets hurt in either his shoulder or his knee. And I just hope that, uh, you know, we're more fortunate than what has happened to a lot of really good athletes at that position?
3: The more he touches the ball, the greater the chance for injury, as we know. Oh, absolutely,
2: and, uh, and you know, Steve Young. I heard him on ESPN a couple of years ago, and I've, I've you know gotten to know Steve. He's he's in the same industry as I'm in private equity, and he said that when he scrambled and he was you know a great scrambler, he knew that Bill Walsh the head coach of the 49ers was going to be really disappointed because it's an acknowledgement that the play that is called hasn't worked. Does that mean it didn't work because the quarterback Mm -hmm. didn't get the read? The receiver didn't run the right route. The line didn't give the right protection who knows, but the play didn't work. And I think one of the challenges right now, and one of the progressions for the bears is that, you know, they've had the ball for the last couple of games with the offense, with the ability to win the game. And you know what? Justin couldn't scramble as much. The defense has kept him in the pocket. And if you're a defensive coordinator today, I'm not, this isn't a judgment on Justin Fields two or three years from now. But today, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm going to say, guys, if if we keep Justin Fields in the pocket, we will win the game. If you let him out, He's going to be all over the place making these plays, and he is a great athlete. Mm-hmm. But if we keep him in the pocket, not going to beat us because he mean, doesn't have the receivers, the line, yeah. and he's not reading enough yet. But it's all a progression, and so we have mm-hmm. to be patient on that. And he is an exciting player. There's no question about that. It's just will you get the rest of the team? And that's one of the tough things. Like in our business, anybody's business, you hire someone, oh, you know, we see them being here five, 10. 20 years a lot of people are only there two and decide to leave whatever it is but trying to put together a team and then have to deal with the injuries is you know that's the the tough thing about professional sports especially football where you know there's a high probability that you're going to have some injuries i mean no one other maybe the kickers come out you know, without any injuries. But you look at any of my teammates or anybody who's played in the NFL for a while, I go, whoa, yeah. what's with your fingers? They're all broken <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it's just, you know sure. now I've and got the, my teammates. Uh, who... so my teammates are saying, hey, you know, um, you had any artificial parts yet? I'm like, well, not yet. I mean, Doug Plank has two artificial shoulders and two artificial knees. he said, Doug, <laughs> you're bionic. You could play again. But <laughs> we you know, have it's one analogy. of the, yeah, it's one of the things where, yeah, uh, everybody's getting knees, hips, shoulders. <laughs> it's amazing. And
3: who knows who pays attention, really, the fans. They just want to be around you guys and bark and think of 1985. The, you know, the people who do really know, I think, are the wives and uh, the spouses of, and kids of uh, professional athletes because you can't play 12 games of soccer in a row without getting you know, some kind of injury.
2: Mm. And, you so, know, John, that kind of brings up the idea of CTE, right? I mean, even, right, you know, wow. my daughter played D3 soccer and it's everybody screaming, with the 50 50s. And, you know, these girls <laughs> <Yeah>. are <laughs> nailing themselves in the head. Right. Exactly. Nobody's got any pads right. on. And, uh, you right. know, you get those, those head injuries. And so that's a really, you know, that's the hidden uh, illness uh, that no one wants to admit. And it's hard to, you know, there's, very, it's a lot of challenges to figure out, you know, is someone really hurt or not uh, because it's a head injury. And that's why as much as the NFL is trying to be as conservative as they can. And, you know, if you stumble at all, they want you in the game. Yeah. They want you in the game. game. Are you feeling okay, kid?
3: Are you feeling okay? Yeah. You're feeling good.
2: Look at my hand. Can you follow my finger? Yeah. get (laughs) Let's go in that tent. I'll give you a little smelling sauce. <laughs> <so> you'll feel, <laughs> feel a lot better. And, you know, and as an athlete, you want to be out there because, yes. you know, you don't want to be the guy who uh, is, misses three plays and your backup gets an interception and all of a sudden they're going, you know, Gary's like, he's kind of near the end of his career. This guy's an up-and-comer. <laughs> oh, and all of a sudden you're out. And that happens all you, the time.
3: And- you, lived, you lived that when you were injured with Miami. The Bears had a great uh, safety. His name was Todd Bell. I don't. I don't know if anyone remembers. I do, and uh, he stayed out. He held out, which was weird. And oh. there was an opportunity for Gary
2: Fensick to show what he could do. And well, it wasn't so much Todd. You know what? I replaced uh, a number one uh, draft choice. Uh, and but you know Todd Bell held out in '85 as Al Harris yeah. did. He was our outside linebacker. There was no free agency, so they had no options. Right, And so right. who backed him up? Dave Duerson. Oh, he became an all-pro. Yeah. Dave who backed Duerson, up Al Harris? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You got uh, Wilbur Marshall. And all of a sudden, it was like, whoa, we're, we're on moving on to the next uh, group of all-pros. So, yeah. Man, unreal. It's a short but career.
3: The craziness of facing injury is one thing, and uh, i I kind of know something about it, not because I've ever been there, but you know I, well, my cousin Freddie played what uh, fourteen years in the NFL for Buffalo, Fred Smurless, and yeah brisk goes through goes through a lot with him, you know just like every, your wife goes through you with you but but it's crazy enough when you're facing uh, a a football player who wants to gore you and it's another thing when you're <laughs> facing a two pound bull who wants to gore you ah, <laughs> what, the heck?
2: Right. What, uh, what the heck were you thinking yeah well, the bulls I, clearly you know what i would say that there's a lot of things that i did during my career where i could probably reflect back and say what were you thinking? <laughs> and the Bulls is right at the top of the list. So my closest friend, Michael Jones said, Hey, we, you know, before you go into the season, you know, let's run with the Bulls and they, oh, it's so exciting and romantic and all that. So I went over there. I mean, way, to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Went to Pamplona, had a great time and, you know, but the moment of truth is you, know, you got, it's like you got people are running the marathon. It's all jammed up. You think, Oh, this is very romantic. I'm going to be kind of bouncing around. <laughs> it's like, no, you're packed, packed like sardines. And they, uh, you know, once I let those rockets off boom, and the, which indicates that the bulls are loose, pff, man, it's run for your life. And, uh, I got to the turn where you could like, I dove under a fence. So there was like a, you know, Three or four panel fence. I dove under, and uh, and Michael didn't realize that I had had skipped out, and so he followed into you go into this bull ring. But you know you go into that tunnel. It's dark, and I'm sure people get gored there. And you're seeing people. I mean, it, it's not like every where you look, people are going down. Like somebody has a machine gun, but you see those animals, and it's like this is real. I mean, it' real, and so. You know, I did it once, would never do it again. But, you know, there's some other things. I, I went parachuting for the first time a couple of years ago with the Special Forces out in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'd never do that again. I mean, Shut never. Up.
3: Really? <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, no way. But but, was but, it a yeah,
3: halo jump
2: like uh, you're going to wait till 1,000 feet before you pull the rip? <laughs> yeah, rip cord? Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, John, good luck on that one. Yeah, I ripped <laughs> that cord as soon as I get out. Again, it's not like I'm doing the solo. I have a you know, former army guy on my back. Right. But, you know, that whole thing about oh, it's so quiet, and you're, you know, it, it, it wasn't fun. I can't say that it was really fun. I'm glad I did it. It was kind of exhilarating. But sure. is it something that, hey, let's do that every week or let's try it again next year? Go, you know, that's on my like, been there, done there. Like,
3: <laughs> well, I've got another thing you, you've done that most of us haven't done. You did a, a commercial <laughs> for the lottery, Jeff. And oh. I just watched it just before. I know you're probably like, "Oh
2: my god!" I yeah, you glory reminding, days. Remind mm-hmm. that was a long but, uh, time ago. I thought you were going to talk about the Miller uh, Lite commercial. That one was fun, but <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that one.
1: Before. Well, this this was the dialect. This. Yeah, I love the the, the dialogue of the the dialogue is fantastic, and I, I do <laughs> have it here. So. <laughs> Plans. Well, I've always wanted to cross the Atlantic in a hot air balloon.
0: Really?
2: Yeah, and I'd, uh...
0: What?
2: Well, I'd like to learn to play the lottery's daily games.
0: Well, all you have to do is walk in and pick three numbers. If you match the drawing, you win $500. Come
2: on, that's it? Mm-hmm.
0: And if you match four numbers, you win $5,000.
2: I'd like you to be there when I play. And then wow. I like to read the world of artificial turf. The Illinois State Lottery daily games—they're easier than you might think. I'm not even sure I remember that commercial, but <laughs> that actress is my wife. So, oh really? That's Yeah, Sandy Yeah, exactly. Right? Sandy Fensick. Now, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yes, God, of course. Oh, she's gonna love it. Have... Yeah, Jeff, you're. Yeah, I'm gonna be a hero. Oh, I don't even I know. if She remembers that.
1: That's so great. And she was also Atlantic in Groundhog computer? Day.
2: Oh, yeah. She was. Yeah, she was. You know, let me talk about it. That was a really small, you know, uh, portion of that movie. But, yeah, we uh, we actually had our first date the night that we did the Super Bowl Shuffle video, which was the day after we lost <laughs> our only game of the season. So, <laughs> I mean, it's... That's it's, quite a day. Kind of, Yeah, it was quite a day. I was there. Really?
3: I was there in Miami.
2: I was in the Orange Bowl that day. You know, people continue to say, Oh, do you wish you were undefeated? What? Do you like the Miami Dolphins now? Every time somebody's undefeated, they go, Bring them out. No. Oh, (laughs) they don't want you to be undefeated. But we had beaten the Cowboys two weeks earlier, 44 to nothing. Then I think we beat the Falcons 36 to nothing. And then we went down on that Monday night game. And you know what? I'm glad that that happened because what a couple of years ago, the Patriots went to the Super Bowl and defeated and they got, mm-hmm. you know, they got hammered. And so I'd rather, you know, not have that happen in the Super Bowl as opposed to during the regular season. The other thing is, you know what? There is an important position. It's called quarterback. Mm-hmm. And If you don't have your starting quarterback in a game, your chances of winning go down significantly. Oh, Jim McMahon didn't start the game against the Miami Dolphins. So we had Steve Fuller, love Steve, really great backup. But, you know, if you don't have your number one quarterback, it makes it a little more difficult. And I will give credit to the Dolphins. Man, they played a great game against us, especially their offense and Dan Marino. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was a good lesson for us.
1: Who, the, who, uh, who's the, your favorite person to play against? I mean, quarterback wise. I mean, there's got to be someone who just enjoy the challenge of, of facing off some against someone. Was it a Marino? I mean, was it is, who? who was well, that? I can't say Dan because I think that's the only time we played him, and I, I can't yeah. say I
2: really enjoyed that experience. You know, but I think that any of the you know Hall of Fame quarterbacks that you play, whether it's Terry Bradshaw or you know John Elway. You know, clearly those are really, really special quarterbacks. I even played early in my career against Fran Tarkenton with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Tommy Kramer, I you know was friends, but you really enjoyed playing against them. And you know the teams in your division, you get to know the guys like uh, Paul Kaufman, uh, the tight end with the Green Bay Packers. It's not like we're personal friends, but even with James Lofton, we were both in the Pro Bowl one year, and he came up to me, and he he's a really wonderful gentleman. And he goes, you know what? Why do you always cheap shot us? Why do you? It's <laughs> like, well, I don't. What do you? What do you mean? He goes, what do you mean? Come on! And so the next year, James had an opportunity to just cold cock me, and he didn't. And from that moment on, it was we kind of, you know, we didn't say anything, but it was kind of <laughs> like a, there was a truce. And uh, you know, there's a lot of players you really respect uh, on some of the blitzes that we had. Uh, sometimes Singletary and I would would be on one gap or the other of the center. And you knew that the center was going to take probably Singletary. And the running back had to get me before you had an opportunity to sack the quarterback. And uh, we were playing Kenny Stabler in the Raiders. And I, I could, you know, touch Kenny. And he was going through the audible or at least, you know, is it real or not? And he looks at me, and he goes, and he's in the audible. He's going, 224, 224. And he goes, hey, Gary, how's it going? And then he just went into three. And I'm like, oh, wow, man, that, that dude is cool. I mean, that is one guy you're not, you know, unflappable, I think, is what you would say. Oh, so there were a lot of, you know, fun times and goofy stuff that happens on, on those fields. But at the end of the day, there's a, a tremendous amount of respect. And I that's why people... I don't think any player, or it would be a really small number, are really there to hurt anybody. I think you're trying to knock your best friend as hard as you can and help them up and laugh. I mean, right. there's a Jeff Van Note, who was, uh, God, this guy must have played until he was 40. He was a center on the Atlanta Falcons. And Jeff and I were both on the NFL Players Association, so we got to know each other pretty well. And I was talking about those blitzes, and the, the center always took – the middle linebacker and the back always took the safety. And this one, uh Van Noek grabbed me. And I mean, I didn't even suspect it. And he, you know, he weighed a hundred pounds more than me. He grabbed me on my chest, drove me back, I think maybe 10 yards, <laughs> and was laughing the entire time, then lifted me up, pounded me into the turf, and then goes, Oh. I can't wait to see this on film. It, it might be my best block ever, you know. And I was like, thanks a lot. I'm glad I could help you, Jeff. <laughs> so there are some really fun moments. And I think with free agency today, with people moving around, there's even more of that, I won't say camaraderie, but but at least recognizing and respecting uh, players.
3: Gary, um, I have to ask you, because uh, I'd love to talk football all day, but I really... You know, I I didn't play in the NFL, so I I feel like I I really shouldn't open my mouth. But I do have a question about politics. I've done a little bit of that. (laughs) And I I just want to make sure now uh, I have had. When our boys were born, I said uh, to Betty, uh, no priests and no politicians. Okay, that's what I said. And no, no modern dancers. The three things. I said. <laughs> and uh, I have to ask you because I know you know Michael Ledwith, or he—that's his pen name with me. His real name is Michael Jones, and he does the lot—he did the lottery and caused you to run with the bulls and all that.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So there are people that know you that are political, and I just. I hope to God you don't go into politics. Are you thinking about it? And uh, would you think about it with such a broken state and city like Illinois and Chicago?
2: Yeah, John, I uh, over the decades, you, know, you would think about it and also were approached uh, a few times. What? and And, you know, it, it's flattering, but I think that you have to make a real commitment if you want to be one of those politicians. You know, as much as, you know, you look at J.B. as governor, who I know, as well as Rauner before, I mean, those were two very wealthy, successful businessmen. And, you know, as much as J.B. gets, uh, oh, yeah, you're a trust baby. Okay, he is a trust baby, but he still has a business. And I think the difference is that Rauner, who I've never met, I think he actually he tried to run the state of Illinois as though he owned the company, which he would do at his private equity firm. And you know, people just right. waited him out. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's too bad. I think that the best position, if I was ever to consider, and I'm not would be to be the mayor of the city of Chicago. I've lived here my entire life. And so, you know, you can really have an impact immediately on that. Mm-hmm. But Am I willing to put myself out in the public glare? There are, you know, there's not anything that I'm, you know, particularly protective of, but I just don't see the desire right now uh, as I, you know, go into retirement. And so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I had probably more conversations than I should have uh, for when Obama won the Senate seat, and I remember they uh, there was a, uh, a dinner at um one of the large republican donors and with the president of the united states and they said oh you well, got to come to that dinner i go i, I can't go i'm not ready to, i'm not doing that because you're not going to say no if hmm. the president of the united states says i want you to run for senate in the state of illinois so right, hey, right, right. you know what so <laughs> yeah it's uh so take that off you know if you had any thoughts about it you clear the deck you don't have to anymore i'm not running for office
3: Okay. You're not running for mayor? Come on. <laughs> Quinn is running. Yeah. Quinn is running. He's is to be is running, right?
2: we're... Yeah. There you go.
3: Well, you know, Lori Lightfoot's uh, delivering pizzas and saying she's the, the. What do you think of
2: her performance? Mm. You know what? Uh, <laughs> let's move on to another subject. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. It's a shame All what's right. going on right now, you know, with the city. I mean, you yeah. walk down. You know, you walk down Michigan Avenue and you see stores boarded up. You go, you know, I mean, crime's happening. I've lived on the north side, uh, you know, my entire career uh, outside of football. And, you know, it's it's not fun right now. People don't feel safe. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, that's a responsibility of the police and the mayor and the politicians and everything else. So, yeah, there's a lot of angst right now. And you know this is a great city. I love drive. You know, fly, you know, I drive my bike a lot up and down the lake. And you know, you go out at night, and it's a little you know a, a little dicey.
1: Yeah, it's a different it, thing.
2: But... A little little different feeling than it has and That's for sure.
1: Indeed. And Gary, what do you think about this? I mean, you're you're successful in business and, and and money management that type of thing. And and one of the things that John and I kind of talk about the city is is that we feel and seeing it that that there's kind of this. Hollowing out, that we know, we see the numbers about ex-migration from the city and people leaving, and and there is this talk about the comparison a lot to Detroit. But the the caveat there is always that Chicago has a much more diverse economy because we're not just you know, one you know, one-trick pony in, in auto making. Do you? What's your take on that? Do you think? I mean, is Chicago really that stable financially speaking? because of our diversity or economy, or are we at a risk of becoming a city like Detroit? Well, I don't, I would hope it's not like Detroit,
2: but there are signals there and, you know, you don't want to follow a pattern. Sure. So I I think that, you know, Boeing leaving and, you know, some of these other major corporations uh, Mm -hmm. leaving a city is not a a good thing, but I also know the mayor is defending saying, Hey, there are a lot of people coming in. It's Mm -hmm. still the, Capital of the Midwest, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, housing's cheaper than going to the East Coast or West Coast. Yeah. Uh, education's great. There are a lot of great attributes that are not going to change. Wait
3: a minute. Wait, what? <laughs> I want to. I, I want to agree with you with uh, on everything, but education. I don't know. I would just have to say. Well, I'm not talking know. about
2: Chicago public schools. <laughs> I'm talking about the <laughs> okay. University of Chicago, right. Northwestern, yeah. University of oh, Illinois. Yeah. yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, and we can, I mean, the Chicago Public Schools, that's a real challenge. But I do think that, you know, the state is giving more money to education across the state of Illinois. And, uh, yeah, there's always a challenge, but there are a lot of great attributes here, including winter, right? (laughs) (laughs) So so we'll see. But I I do not think that we're anywhere close to uh, Detroit. Now, having said that, you look at the finances and you look at the pension funds, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's pretty dire. And you wonder when is this going to really hit the fan? When you have your pension funds that are at you know below fifty percent funded, and you're like, okay, you just keep pushing it out, you keep mm-hmm. pushing it out, but a couple of recessions, and it's going to be, you know, what we can't afford the finances uh, to do what we need to do. Uh, For the citizens of Chicago or the citizens of Illinois. So yeah, longer term, I am concerned. Shorter term, I mean, uh, you know, the pandemic was really good for both the state and the city because you know we dumped so much money uh, into um, (laughs) them on a short term period of time. there, right? I mean, it's like, hey, we got plenty. Okay, now we're
3: back. We got monopoly money. (laughs) We did. We got we. Biden sent us the monopoly money just to spend this. Hey, here you yeah. go. Yeah. Spend
2: exactly. It. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well. And to well. You go, I I you're like I said, we, we like having guys like you who think big thoughts because that's uh, above my pay grade. So I appreciate the insight on that.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yes, the big again, thought
2: department. Yeah. But you know, the big the big issue is now who's gonna run for office, right? You're talking about Let's get qualified people who, you know, when, when Jim Thompson, whether you liked him or not, you know, Jim Thompson as governor got a lot of people from the private sector to sacrifice a couple of years to help the state of Illinois. And I think that, you know, we need to get more people like that who are willing to say, you know what, I have a skill and, you know, I'm willing to spend a few years in government to, to help things out because I think they could really, you know, improve the conditions. Uh, but, you know, I right now it's kind of like, hey, we have a democratic state, we have a democratic city, and uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of improvement if you're really measuring yeah. things. But hey, you know what? We voted for them. So you know, <laughs> we just, you know what? Yeah. You got to live with what you do. We get the
3: government we deserve, Gary. Yeah. We always absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Right?
1: Well, Gary, we've taken a ton of your time, and it's been a, a lot of fun to have you here. I, I do have one last question for you um, from my end. Did, do you actually have a, a gold record from the Super Bowl Shuffle, like hanging somewhere, or is that just like they? Yeah, <laughs> is it, it like I nearby? Do. Is it? Do you see it every day? How's that? How's that? Going?
2: It's uh, it's down, you know, in my uh, basement. I've got my you know, little glory room, <laughs> and yeah, you know, I do. There's a, a 45 record, That's and so when cool. my kids were little. They were going, Dad. What, what is that? A CD? Going, no, it's like 45, right? Because sure. that's how long ago it was. So, yeah, I have got the Super Bowl Shuffle. I got Platinum Video. Yeah, because we, uh, you know, for the Super Bowl Shuffle, which I proved I couldn't sing or dance, and uh, people keep telling me that every time I hear that boom, 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 I go, "Here we go!" <laughs> but what a great thing, because that was really kind of the beginning of people being mm-hmm. interested. Not only in sports during the performance, but mm-hmm. after. Right. And so, you know, ESPN, you know, and all these other sports uh, stations, you know, have the life of somebody off the field. I'm just glad that with the bars that I inhabited, that no one had phones. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you could get into real trouble, and I'm sure players do. Uh, you, you know, know what? You we're going to have
3: to. Gary, we're going to have to have um, Michael Jones or Michael Ledwith, as he's known as readers <laughs> of John Cass News, come on to tell us about all the, you know, the mud wrestling or uh, jello wrestling oh, bars that you oh, guys geez. went to.
2: Oh, gosh. You know, I mean, I, you know, I had uh, I have a really good friend who's a doctor out at Stanford uh, in uh, a Yaley, and he uh, is the first American to climb the seven highest peaks in the world. Oh, yeah. So he's been to Everest a number of times and he brought one of the Sherpas back because he's an orthopod. And so the orthopod was uh, or the Sherpa was here in Chicago. And Jeff uh, took him to a mud wrestling bar (laughs) and and he told him, hey, you got to go in and beat that woman up. And so, you know, the bar Sherpa, Sherpa, you know, and and the guy's (laughs) thinking he's got to take her down. I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have been there. That would have just been fantastic. So, yeah, I've been very fortunate to be in a lot of really fun venues and a lot of great bars as well. But again, thank God there wasn't, uh, you know, these little phones with uh, cameras because. And I thank the cops as well. They've, uh, you know, they they can't do what they used to do, but I I appreciate all the breaks that I got. Carried a lot of pictures in my car. (laughs)
3: Thanks, Gary.
2: (laughs) it was great
3: great talking to you thank you so much great talking to you sir bye thank you thank you you for joining us
2: you know when i played football people said i was one tough player but i not only outmuscled the other guy i outsmarted him i used my head and a guy like me enjoys drinking miller light because light's the less filling beer that tastes great but the best thing about miller light is that it shows a tough guy like me can still use his head well how's that gary
0: Oh. You hit it right on the head. There's only one light beer, Miller Lite. For
3: Gary Fencek, formerly of the Chicago Bears, currently in the equities business and telling us he's not running for anything, which is, I guess his friends should breathe a sigh of relief. They love him, stay, keep him out of politics. And for Jeff Carlin... Executive producer, WGN Radio, my friend, co-host here, master of cats, baker of pies, future physics teacher, and for me, John Cass, editor-in-chief of your favorite website, com. Thanks for joining us. And join us again, won't you, on another edition of the Chicago Way Podcast on WGN+. Plus.